0: We're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, when you're there, tell me you're there. I'm there. Say, I'm there, Diana. Good. Thanks. <laughs> hey, the story that we're about to read, um, just so let you know a little bit of what's happening, there is this man, and he's an expert in the law. And he's trying to trick Jesus. He's trying to, you know, just make Jesus kind of, you know stumble or say something that you know oh you know catch him and whatnot and i love that jesus just kind of turns this on this man and so we're gonna be reading the story you're gonna see what happens now but we're gonna pick it up in verse 25 you can follow on your bible just look at the screens and follow there whatever you want it says verse 25 and behold a certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying teacher what shall i do to inherit eternal life he said to him what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But at this point, you know, when, the, when this man heard this, he was like, wait, wait a moment. Love my neighbor as myself. Uh. And so he wanted to ask Jesus, and he said, um, wanting to justify himself, himself verse 29 He said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So this man didn't even help him. He just kept going. And it says, likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So Jesus said, so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And you know, I don't know about you, but when I read this story, it really kind of makes me stop and think for a moment. Wait, who am I? Who am I in this story? Who represents the role that I play in the story? And I know that today God has a word for us. I know that to, today God wants to challenge us, but he wants to encourage us to know the place and the part that we play in this church and in this city, to know the part that we play as a church and what we can actually do when we set our minds and our hearts to it. And so the, the message that I have um, today, it's what do you see? I've titled it, what, what do you see? So why don't you just look at your neighbor and ask them, what do you see? What do you see? I wonder what you see this morning. And you know, before we, before we start, I just want us to take a moment and pray. So why don't we just close our eyes and just ask God to help us this morning to be with us. God, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you for allowing us to be in this place where we can worship you, to be in this place where we can hear from you, God. We pray that your spirit will be with us today, God that you would challenge us, that, we, that you will encourage us, that we will not leave this place the same, God. But that as we leave today, as we leave this church, God, that your spirit will come with us, God, that we will not leave everything that's happened between these walls, God, but that we will take it in our hearts, that as we step out to these streets, God, we will carry you with us in everything that we do. So be with us here this afternoon, God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You know, church, I was thinking about some of you know that I am an animal lover. Some of you, um, if you know me, know this, but maybe you've heard Alex just talk about this all the time. And he likes to mention how he loves to watch National Geographic. Right? Yes. But he doesn't like just any show, you know. He doesn't like just like the pretty scenes and the nice animals. He likes the scenes and the shows where, you know, this just massive giant just lion or tiger is chasing after little Bambi and it kills it and, you know, it's just crazy. (laughs) Apparently, there's a lot of people that like that. I don't agree with you. But anyways, you know. My thing with that is that I don't want to see it. Like, I I don't like it. Poor Bambi, you know, the mom, the baby. Like, she's too little for this. It can't be. And so I want to close my eyes. I want to go away. But then Alex sends her and tells me, you love animals. You know, if the lion doesn't eat, he's going to die. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know. But um, I don't want to see it. Because it's one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like, once I have this in my mind it's gonna haunt me for the rest of the day. Like, I'm gonna think about Bambi all day, like, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe you let me watch this, I can't believe, you know, Bambi just died. <laughs> and when it's not this, it could be stray dogs. I mean, if I see a dog in the streets and, you know, it just needs help, I, I always turn to Alex and I'm like, we gotta pick it up, we gotta pick it up, turn it around, we gotta pick it up. What happens if a car runs him over? And more often than not, he doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry but he doesn't stop <laughs> and so what I tell him is hey if this dog dies it's on you that is blood on your hands I have nothing to do with this I wanted to help but you didn't want to you know it's those things that once you see you can't unsee because I will go home and I will wonder what happened with this dog I will think about whether or not this dog is going to eat you can call me crazy that's just it's just how I feel but you know It got me thinking about this and i wonder if that is the kind of approach that we have when we see the need of the people in this city i wonder if that's the kind of approach we have when we see the pain and the brokenness of the people in the city i wonder if what we when we see these people i wonder if our reaction is to look away i wonder if our reaction is to say well uh, you know, it's kind of inconvenient for me to stop right now. I'm on my way to church. Maybe I'm coming from church. It's just, it just can't happen right now. Because the reality is that once we see and we understand what is happening, once we see and we understand that there are people that are dying, that are hopeless, that if it isn't for us, maybe they'll never get to hear about Jesus. Once we see that, we can't unsee it. And the problem is that we like to be comfortable where we are. The problem is that we like to be comfortable in our own little lives. And yes, we have our own issues and our own problems and our own things that we're going through. But you know what? That cannot stop us from helping somebody else. We don't have to have it all together in in order to help somebody in need. And so I wonder who are we in that story. I wonder who we are. I wonder if we have actually stopped... And think, am I being ignorant to the things that are happening in this place? Or have I just walked away so many times that I've become desensitized to the pain and the hurt in this city? And I pray that, that we will open up our eyes. And you know, this is exactly what is happening in, in this story. You know, this man, we, we, you read that it was a lawyer, but it's not a lawyer as what we think of a lawyer today. It's actually just a man that is an, exp, an expert in the law. So he knows the commandments. He knows what God says. And this I want you to just put yourselves in, in this story for a moment. Imagine we were this man. So, you know, scholars say that this road from, from Jerusalem to Jericho was actually very long. It was about 17, 17 miles long. And it wasn't always very safe. And so this man is walking down this road by himself probably thinking and hoping nothing happens to him probably trying to hurry up to make it somewhere wherever he's going but then when he least expects it he gets robbed and he gets beat up and he gets left for dead and as he's probably laying on the ground he's probably thinking god i hope somebody comes by and helps me God, I hope there's another person that is traveling down this road that can stop and help me out. He probably can't even get up. He's probably just thrown on that floor. And then as he's laying there, he sees this man from a distance. And if I I were to be in his shoes, I'm probably thinking, oh, my God, yes, somebody's going to come and do something. Here's my chance. This person's going to stop and they're going to help me. But as the person approaches, he realizes that this is a priest. And so even more now in this moment, he's probably thinking, yes, you're a priest. He knows God. He knows about God. He's got to stop and help me. But before he can get close enough, this man actually crosses to the other side and he looks away. And I can only imagine what this man is thinking, probably kind of confused as to what happened. And I wonder if we can be in this place, that kind of people, that when we leave church and when we leave church and we see some kind of need, I wonder if we would be that kind of people that look and say, oh, you know, um, that looks kind of bad. I, I just, I just got to go. I just got to go. I have a barbecue, a family party to go to. I can't really stop. And then as this man is there, he sees somebody else walking, coming towards him. And, and he's probably thinking Please, please stop. Please help me. Please. And this man is actually a Levite. This man helps the priest in the temple. It says that oftentimes the Levites were the ones in charge of the music. So this man probably worshiped God. And it is believed that both of these men were actually coming from the temple. And so he probably thinks, okay, here's here's another chance. This man is actually going to stop for me. And this man looks over. And walks away and I wonder if we can be so good as a church as individuals to come into this place and worship God and sing songs and say we have memorized 30 verses of the Bible and every day I'll memorize a new one but we can be so good to talk about it but not do something about it and my prayer is that we could be that kind of church that doesn't just say things but actually acts and does something for somebody else And, you know, I love what we do as a church of going out together. But let's not be the kind of people that waits for somebody else to do something. Let's take initiative. When we go out, let's keep our eyes open to see who we can help. Let's keep our eyes open to see who is in need. And as this man is there, at this point, if I was him, I'll probably have already lost hope. I'll probably already be thinking, nobody's going to stop. Nobody's going to help me. But as he's there... Maybe hours have gone by. He sees another person approaching. And this man on the, on the ground, he, it is believed that he was a Jew. And the person that's coming is a Samaritan. And as you know, the Jews looked down upon the Samaritans. They didn't like them. They thought of them as less. They were the half-breed. And so as this man is approaching, he probably is thinking he's not going to stop. He probably is thinking, what's going to happen to me? But unlike all the other two, he doesn't walk away. He actually stops and he cares for him. He stops and the story tells us that he uses what he has, his own oil, his own wine, to heal his wounds. It says that he uses and he, and he, he bandages his wounds, which, which means that he probably uses his own clothing to help out this man. It says that he puts him on his own animal, which means that he probably had to walk for or quite a few miles in order to save this man. And I wonder if we could be the kind of people that are willing to go and walk the extra mile just to be able to carry somebody in need. And not only does he do that, he actually takes them and pays somebody to take care of him. He pays somebody to take care of him. He does things that he probably didn't have to do, but he chooses to do this. And I love that Jesus tells this expert, he tells him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. And, you know, as I, as I was reading this, it's been in my heart for a few weeks now. I just feel like we can find ourselves being like these two people so easily. We can find ourselves being like this priest and like this Levite so easily. And maybe you're in this place and you disagree with me. Maybe you're in this place and you tell me, well, Diana, not really. I'm not that bad. If I were to see someone dying on the side of the street, I'll probably call 911. I'll call an ambulance. Great, but that's not what I'm saying. Maybe you're in this place and you say, well, Diana, you know, I help feed the poor and I serve in a ministry and I sponsor a child. That's awesome. We should all be doing that. But what I'm saying is, Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you love your neighbor even when it's hard to love them? Because the whole point of this is that this man was wishing that his neighbor would be the kind of people that he liked, the kind of people that he loved, the kind of people that were easy to love. But the answer is, hey, your neighbor could be that person that talks about you. Your neighbor can be that person that betrayed you. Your neighbor could be that person that hurt you. But I wonder, because if we're honest in this place today, When those people that have hurt us time and time again need help, we wish. We wish they weren't in that list or category of our neighbors. That is just reality. When it's those people that need our help, if we can be honest here today, sometimes we're going to be tempted to look away. Because we know, well, if it would have been the other way around, they wouldn't have helped me. You know, if it would have been the other way around, they would have not done this to me. But God is not calling us to help people based on what we feel. He's just telling us, you need to love your neighbor. Are we loving our neighbor as we love ourselves? And you know, we can pick and choose who we help, who we love. Our neighbor is anybody that you encounter, anybody that God puts in your path. And I believe that if we love our city like we say we do, that if we Say that we love people and God like we say we do. It's time that we begin to open up our eyes and not be blinded to the things that are happening in our city just because they're uncomfortable, just because it's kind of messy sometimes and ugly sometimes. It's not always pretty. Just because sometimes it requires of our time, of our resources. It'll inconvenience us. Can we be that kind of church that is committed to making a difference? Can we be that kind of church that is not afraid to go into the ugliest of places, into the messiest of places, and actually shine a light for Jesus? We need to have compassion for the people. We need to have compassion for those that are broken. Because you know what? At one point or another, we were those people. And God had compassion over us. God had compassion even when our lives didn't look right. And I love the the definition of this word compassion. It says, compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. And I wonder if we feel that sympathy. I wonder if we feel that sorrow. I wonder if we feel the pain that people feel. I wonder if our prayer to God is that, God, I want to feel how you feel. I want to see what you see. I don't just want to see the broken and I just want to see the need. I want to see how you see and hurt for the people that you hurt for and cry for those that you cry for. I pray that we will be that kind of people, that this will be our prayer and the cry of our heart to be a people that are compassionate, committed to doing something. And, you know, I just believe that. We need to be that kind of people. And, and there's a few things that I want to share with you today, and I hope you're taking notes. Um, if you're not, this is the moment to take out your notebooks. And here's just a few things that I want to share that I believe we need to understand about compassion, and we need to grab a hold of, and we need to own. And so point number one is compassion sees the need, not the worth. Compassion sees the need, not the worth. And, you know, when Jesus was talking about this man, This man that was robbed. He talks about him as a certain man, which for us today will be some guy, some girl, just some guy was walking down the street. And, you know, he doesn't give us much detail about who this person is. But what he does is that he does give us detail about who the three people that walk by him are. We know that they're a priest. We know that they're a Levite. We know that they're a Samaritan. And what this tells me is that, you know what? helping someone it's not really about who they are but it does say a lot about who we are do we say we love Jesus what are we doing do we say we go to church and we sing so loud and I know the bible and I can tell you what it says are we showing people and I feel like so many times because we've been coming to church for a while and our lives now yeah they might not be perfect but you know they're better than they used to be we can come to a place where we can even begin to look at people differently, where we can look at someone in need and sometimes even say things like, well, they shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Well, they're always making the wrong decisions. They're always doing this. They're always doing that. You know, I wonder if for a second we can remember and we can realize and understand that when our life was messy, and it probably still is, that when our life wasn't perfect and it probably still isn't, That when we made mistakes and that when we continue to make the wrong choices, there was a God in heaven that didn't come to our help. That didn't come to save us based on those mistakes, but based on our need. So let's never for a second forget who we are. Let's never for a second forget what God has done in our lives. And let's never for a second forget that the same grace that was extended to us needs to be the same grace that we extend to other people. That when Jesus stopped and saw us, he didn't see that person that makes mistakes. He didn't see that person that's always messing up. He didn't see that person that's broken and so hopeless. And what am I going to do with you? He saw the need, and that's why he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and for me. Because compassion sees the need, not the worth. And point number two, compassion doesn't see limitations. It sees opportunities. And it says the Samaritan had compassion on this man. And compassion was what set this man apart from the other two that had gone before him. Compassion was that, that feeling and that emotion so deep within him that wouldn't allow him to walk away. Compassion was that thing that, that didn't let him turn the other way because he had seen. And once he saw it, he couldn't unsee it. He couldn't walk away knowing that there was someone in need and he could do something about it. But I wonder if that is the kind of attitude that we have. I wonder if there is this compassion so deep in our hearts and in our souls that we would just not be able to walk away from the pain, from the broken, from the lost. What are we seeing when we see people? Do we see the need? Do we see that compassion that we need to have? You know, I I think about the many ministries that we have in this church. And so many times we can come into this place and not realize what's happening. And, you know, we have a women's prison ministry. And this ministry was born out of the deep compassion of a group of people. Out of the deep compassion of a group of people that chose to not look the other way but do something. There was something so deep within them that they could not allow to let these women not know that they were loved, that they were valued. And that's why this happened. And they could have said, hey, you know what? It happens every Sunday. You know, Sundays is my day off. And Sundays I just want to go to the pool with the family and barbecue. And I just can't do it. You know, compassion sees the opportunity. And the opportunity wants to change lives. The opportunity wants to bring people to Jesus. I think of our nursing home ministry. That exists because there's a group of people that had compassion For those that oftentimes feel left and abandoned and not loved. And there was something so deep within them that they couldn't just keep going. They had to do something. They saw an opportunity to change their lives. I think of people within this church that do so much. I think of someone like George Raynaud who has an organization that mentors youth that are in juvenile detention centers. And this man is there every week and he's committed to changing the lives of these young people. He is committed to telling them that there's a God in heaven that cares for them. (laughs) That despite of what they've been through, there's a God in heaven that has a plan and a purpose for their lives. But you know what we need to begin? To think that there's opportunities everywhere we look. And all we have to do is be committed to saying, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not just going to walk away. I'm not just going to turn away. See the opportunity and not the limitations. Point number three is compassion comes with action. Compassion comes with action. And you know, this Samaritan man, this guy just, it says that out of the three that were walking down that road, when we read it says that the first two were passing by. But this man was actually on a journey. So he needed to be somewhere. And he didn't care whether or not he was going to be laid. He didn't care whether or not he was going to have to use whatever he had on him. And so he was willing to do and use whatever was in his hand. Maybe it wasn't much, but he was willing to give out of what was in his hand. And I wonder if we can be the kind of people that we can give others out of what's in our hand, you know, we don't always have to have it all together to help somebody else. All we need to do is have some compassion. We don't always have to have all the resources in the world to do something because God knows we don't. But all we have to do is have some compassion because once we do, we're going to be prompted to do something. What if we put ourselves in the shoes of these people who oftentimes feel left, who feel like they're not worthy, wouldn't we want someone to stop for us? Wouldn't we want for someone to remind us and to tell us about the love of Jesus? And you know, this is kind of the part, the part of, of, of compassion that kind of can make us a little bit uncomfortable. You know, this, this man went out of his way. He, he was inconvenienced. You know, when something kind of tries to mess with our rhythm of life, And I go to church, and I go to work, and this is what I do. And yes, I do connect group. But when there's something else that requires a little bit more of our attention, when there's something else that requires us being a little bit inconvenienced, when there's something else that requires maybe us putting up a little bit of our money, then we're like, wait, do I really want to do this? But I understand that as individuals on our own, we can do a lot. We can't tackle every single issue in this city. But I do believe that all of us together as a church can make a huge difference in this city. That all of us as a church, if we commit ourselves to saying, you know what? I'm going to have compassion. I choose to love people. Regardless of where they are in life. Regardless of what they've done. I choose to love people. That this church could be that city on a hill. That this church could be a light in the midst of the darkness. But it requires all of us. To get together with one heart and one mentality and one goal and one vision to change lives and you know I, I think about this ministry within our church it's called embrace and this ministry is our anti-human trafficking ministry and what this ministry does is that you know human trafficking it's happening not far away We sometimes like to think that it's happening in a country far away, but it's happening in this country. It's happening in our city. It's happening in our neighborhoods. It is something that could happen to any one of us, regardless of age, sex, race. It could be you and it could be me. And so all these people that are coming out of years of being trafficked, of being just used and abused... When they're rescued, they come to us. And what we do is that we do life with them. What we do is that we walk alongside them and we remind them and we tell them, because some of them have never heard this before, that they are worth it, that they are beautiful, that God loves them, that there's much more to life than what they know and what they've seen, that regardless of the pain that they felt, God has something for them. You know, this church has helped out so many survivors. And it hasn't been because of me. It hasn't been because of one person. It's been because all of us have gathered together to help. Because at one point or another, you've given a gift card. You've bought something for them. You've bought food. You've done something. You've prayed for them. And there's, there was this girl that came to us about two years ago. It was February, 2014. 2014 this beautiful girl, a broken girl, a hopeless girl. Her name was Abby, and that's her. That's her and her daughter. And this girl came into this place broken. This girl came into this place not knowing what was going to happen with her, not knowing what the future held for her. But as she walked through these doors, she found love. She found hope. She was embraced. And one of the things that she would always say is how, She truly felt that this place was home, that she felt that when she walked through these doors, nobody judged her, nobody looked at her weird, that everybody embraced her. And you know what? It takes all of us to really live up to that home name that we call this place. We make this place home for people. We are the ones that can embrace whoever walks through these doors. You know, so many people in this place didn't know her story, didn't know where she came from. But that's what I love about this church, that regardless of who we see or what we know or don't know about that person, we can make every single person feel loved and welcomed. And Abby's life just began to change and change. And she loved this place. She would come rushing to looking for Alex or myself. She was amazing. And fast forward to the month of December 2014, just eight months later. She gets very sick and she's in the hospital. And she can't make it to services. She can't make it to the place that she loves. And so because of a group of people that had compassion... We're able to take services to her. People go in and they get her a Christmas tree and they live stream and they go and worship with her and they go and share a, a word with her. This is what the church can do. If we all together choose to have compassion and to act upon that compassion. You know, Abby went to be with Jesus on Christmas Day that year. She was with us for eight months. But those eight months changed her life, and those eight months changed our lives. She is the perfect example. What this ministry? Why this ministry exists? She is a perfect example of why we do what we do. And this is, yes, it's sometimes it's hard for all of us that miss her, but it is not a sad story. It's a story of hope. It's a story of. Of what God can do in the life of a person. Of what God can do through you and through me. This reminds me that our days are numbered. And I don't even say it for her. I say it for us. Our days are numbered. We have the answer. What are we doing while we can? What are we doing while we have the time? I wonder... And that in this moment, there's so many people that are in the same place where she found herself years ago, and the the church, us, the ones that claim to follow Jesus and love Jesus, continue to walk by and not stopping. We continue to just walk by and not be educated about what's happening, not wanting to know what it's happening in this city, just because it makes us a little bit uncomfortable. God is going to use, and he's been using this ministry beyond what we can think or imagine. But I believe that when all of us commit to making a difference, when all of us commit to saying, you know what, I'm going to be aware of what's happening. I'm not going to run away from the mess. I'm not going to run away from the ugly situations. I'm not going to run away from the people that don't have it all together. I'm going to run towards them. That is the day we're going to see a change in this city. I just wanna share with you guys a video that explains just how much we can do as a church, how much we have done as a church, but encourage you to know that there's so much more to be done, but it takes all of us. It takes all of us. So I want you guys to take a moment to just check out this video on the screens.
1: We saw the need to step up as a church and help these women or all the victims because it could be men, it could be women, it could be children, it could be anybody, it could be you and it could be me. The Embrace ministry started four years ago. It started with a vision of how are we going to help, what is going to be our first step, but that's the beauty of who the Lord is. He stepped in and and He's guided us and four years later, here we are, um, 30 girls later, 14 countries later, and here we are going strong. We do life with them. The heart of the ministry is to love them, to embrace them to walk through their restoration process with them, to show them the love of Jesus, to show them who Jesus is, the only person who can bring hope to them, the only person who can restore that complete brokenness and, and, and give them the life they've imagined. Some of these girls haven't had a birthday party. Some of these girls have never had a kind person to give them a hug, to give them any kind of inspiration. For me, it's, I see, you know, I see their beauty, and um, I can't imagine having a third of the resilience that they have. For me, the hardest thing is that I want so much for them, and, and I have to stay obedient, and I have to understand that it's not me, that it's it's always being spirit-led, and that God has this that God has this, there's never, for me as an individual, enough that I can do for them. So now that you know that this problem exists, now that you know that this amazing church has this amazing ministry called Embrace, what are you going to do about it? How are you gonna step up? Are you really gonna look the other way? Are you, when you hear about human trafficking, knowing that it's at the tip of your fingers to help, are you gonna turn around and just walk away? Or are you gonna think about these women, children, and men who are being constantly abused every day of their life for years? And here you have the opportunity to help. What are you gonna do?
0: You know, church, I don't know about you, but when I see this video, I realize that together we can do something. That together we can work on changing lives. That together we can bring hope to the hopeless. And you saw that this past year, we were able to mentor 16 survivors. But you know what I'm believing? That this year, we're going to be able to just help out even more. Maybe double, triple that amount. I am believing that the best days for this ministry are yet ahead. But you know what it takes all of us in this place it takes all of us in this place to continue to be the church of jesus to continue to embrace and love every single person that walks through these doors it it requires us to pay attention to the things that are happening and so i want to encourage you today after this service outside in the lobby you're going to see a table you can go and get information You can go and find out how you can get involved, how you can help. Sometimes it's easier than you imagine. It's not that complicated at all. All it it requires is some compassion and action on our end. You can go outside and get educated about what is happening. You can find out how you can help. There's different ways you can help. Maybe you're in this place and you're a doctor. We can use your services. Maybe you're in this place and you're a hairdresser. You are a nurse. You are a teacher. We can use those services for these girls, for these people that walked through these doors and need the help. So many people have stepped up to help out. You know, we need food for them. We need transportation, bus passes, so many things that we sometimes don't even think about. But these people need We can all get together and do something for them. And I believe that in as much as we choose to be part of this, the more God is going to entrust us with more people, with more lives. And so I pray that you leave this place today. Not sad, not just kind of down, but that you leave this place today knowing that God has called you, that God has chosen you, and what a privilege it is to know that God wants to use us. I don't know about you, but when I think of the fact that Jesus wants to use me, me, a broken people, a person that doesn't have it all together, to be able to help somebody else, it makes me happy. It makes me excited. I want to be able to do something. I want to be able to bring somebody along the journey. I don't just want to come here, sit on that chair, and just worship sometimes. I want to be used by God, and I hope you do too. So I want us to stand up to our feet in this moment. And I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to pray for our church. And I'm going to pray for this ministry. Believing that God is going to continue to use us. Believing that God is going to give us a passion and compassion for people in our hearts. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you so much for everything you do for us, God. For your love and your compassion towards us, Jesus. God, we pray that we will be a church that is a light. In the midst of the darkness, God, we pray that you continue to give us a compassion, God, to give us a love for people, for us to be able to see people how you see them, God. God, I pray that you continue to open doors for us as individuals to step up on help. For us as the church to step up and help God. I am believing that our best days are ahead, Jesus. I am praying that you're going to open doors. and praying that you're going to heal hearts. I'm praying that you're going to use each and every single one of us to change lives, to shine your light, God. We thank you this afternoon, God. We worship you this afternoon. We sing to you because your name is powerful. It's beautiful, God. We praise you today. We give you all the honor, God. We thank you for everything you're going to continue to do in us and through us. Come on, church. Sing this out.